This is JFM Podcast. Very good morning to you. Thank you once again for keeping and staying with J101.9 FM. Thank you for staying tuned. It is the midweek. It is Wednesday and it is January 12, 2022. One minutes past the hour of 9 a.m. And the program is Let's Talk, your flagship program on the morning, J, uh, that looks into politics and current affairs. And... Um, this morning, much to talk about concerning our health, which is our wealth. Uh, but first, let's take a look at some top stories in the papers. Buni Malami <coughs> moved to block convention. Governors rise against interim party. And also, uh, we're also seeing uh, those enforcing seats at home are criminals. Prosecute them, uh, says IPOB. Council chair wades into crisis between house of traders and youths in Delta State. Subsidies mobilized for protests, NLC directs affiliates and CSOs. And uh, away from that, uh, we're also seeing Abia High Court to rule on Namdi Kanu's fundamental rights suit. Djokovic admits errors in urgent fight to avoid deportation and that is talking about COVID-19 and all the protocols and rules and measures that other countries have in place. Uh, did Djokovic break any rules at this time? We'll find out all of this in a bit uh, but we're getting news uh, coming from Irigui land uh, that all is not well and we're trying uh, this morning to reach uh, Mr. Malison Davidson, uh, the spokesman Irigui Development Association. Uh, we'll get right through to him in a bit. Do stay tuned.
now, before we get uh, through to the spokesperson, Irigui Youth Development Association, Mr. Malison Davidson, uh, Djokovic has been in the news and uh, also still with Omicron, the chief executive of Pfizer has announced that it could launch a vaccine targeted at the Omicron variant in March uh, this year to see uh, you know, what will go on uh, when we have a new uh, vaccine to deal specifically with the Omicron variant. But this morning on the program, let's talk. We're looking at our Nigerians taking COVID-19 protocol seriously, uh, coming from the NDC, NCDC, uh, curbing the spread of Lassa fever and also matters arising. Of course, uh, Lassa fever has been recorded uh, in Plateau State. Uh, the Commissioner for Health, uh, Dr. Nim Konglar, has confirmed the case of Lassa fever in just not local government area and lar uh, advise residents uh, to be conscious of the environment and hygiene as part of efforts to curb the resurgence of lassa fever in the state and he also warned against the purchase of food items which are often exposed to all forms of contaminations he charged residents to take hygiene of the environment seriously to guard against infections uh, from any of uh, such diseases once begin one begins to wonder you know how you know, hospitals are coping uh, amid the COVID-19 and then having other uh, contagious diseases like Lassa fever uh, also coming up. Well, we'll have to um, uh, keep trying to get to Mr. Malison, but then um, let's just get into our major discuss uh, for today. And I have two guests to shed more light on this. Of course, the federal government is also asking uh, that civil servants be composed, really vaccinated. And uh, we have uh, a lawyer in the studio, Barista Mamfat Mana Julia to throw some light on that and also um, we have with us in the studio a medical expert uh, to make sure that we get the medical angle all of all of these issues uh, this beautiful morning. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Dr. Bello Banimo. Uh, you are a senior medical microbiologist. Thank you for coming. Thank you. All right, now let's uh, begin to look at um, adherence, you know. Why has it been uh, so difficult uh, for people to buy into this behavioral change ideas, as simple as they seem, you know, washing your hands, uh, physical distancing, and, uh, you know, wearing your face mask. Initially, when we heard that that was the solution or part of the solution to this, a lot of people, I think, perhaps found it so easy that it looked as if it was complicated, or it seems as if it's complicated because it's too easy a thing to do or perhaps it really is difficult since it's not a daily part of our life yeah. yes okay thank you for inviting me to this program <laughs> the issues with adherence to prevention protocols um, impact current on our on our nature as individual it said that change is constant but it's actually difficult to imbibe most people who haven't been used to putting on fixed marks initially before now, will find it difficult. For instance, even in the medical field, you notice that the surgeons are more comfortable with masks because they're always using it when going about their operations compared to other physicians. But with time, when you 
when you start using your face mask, you get used to it. Some people also complain of being choked when using face masks. Yes, this is understandable. If you feel choked, then when you are out of where people are, you can also pull out your face mask. But hand hygiene, I think, is a practice we lost along the line because in those days, ancestral parents, the early days, they would practice hand hygiene before eating, okay? This is meant to be transferred down to generation, but it was lost along the way because of um, practice of eating of junks. And we are trying to bring it back again, apart from just because of COVID-19, Lassa and other um, viral um, communicable diseases, also for our own good in transferring certain bacteria agents to our body. So we should try to imbibe this attitude of personal hygiene, and this will go a long way in helping us. Thank you so much. So, again, looking at other issues, can we achieve herd immunity in 2022? Uh, homegrown vaccines, a possibility in Nigeria. Last year, of course, we saw the president charge uh, universities to come up with their own vaccine. And we also saw about a million vaccines destroyed. That could have been a million people vaccinated. Hmm. Uh, what is your take on that? Okay, thank you. Um, about vaccination in, in production, there are about 200 um, recognized Vaccine, vaccine under trials. Some phase three, some are already out, like the common ones we are using now, Pfizer, um, AstraZeneca, among others. Others are still under development, okay? Then about herd immunity. Yes, it's possible to achieve herd immunity. The more we get vaccinated, the more we achieve herd immunity. What it simply means is that when I'm immunized, the virus will not do well in me before I will pass it to another person. That is one of the pros of herd immunity. And about the developing vaccine in Nigeria, of course, um, research sponsorship in this country is quite poor. So, to, and developing the vaccine is not as cheap as people might think. It's, you need billions of neras to, um, hundreds of millions of neras to achieve that. So, the government policy needs to be improved on this aspect to fund more research. Then, Nigerians will be able to come up with something meaningful. Yeah. All right, um, Barista Juliet, um, we see that NCDC had said um, 38 deaths from January 1st to January 8th, just this few, few days. So why do you think Nigerians seem to be dragging their feet on taking the vaccine? We see that 4.2% have taken the vaccine and 9.8% have not taken the vaccine. And we see the these people get to die. So why are Nigerians dragging their feet? Why is it not convincing enough? Okay, um... I'm of the opinion that Nigerians seem to be dragging their feet because um, because of the conspiracy theories that have been flying around about the production of the vaccine. A lot of theories have it that um, that that they include um, that they include something into the vaccine that alters the DNA, and then a lot of people that have taken the vaccines have died. So people of the people people tend to be skeptical about taking it because why would I take a vaccine and still die? But so they just feel theory, are they true? That's what I'm no, they are not. They are th they are just theories. They are not founded. And again, um, you see that the government trying to um, insist that people take the vaccine. It raises a red flag because 
people 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 tend to be skeptical because they feel that the government don't care so much about them. So why are they, why is that the government is all of a sudden mm. caring about them? So I understand that they are trying to make it compulsory that you just have to take the vaccine. So that's why people tend to be dragging their feet. And I think the whole vaccine has hesitancy thing again. People are people don't want to take it because they feel that the government don't care enough. The government should probably channel their energy towards um, tackling insecurity and there are other um, there are other illnesses we've not battled battled against successfully. So that's why people people don't really want to take it. Not just the party state government. We yes. have Kaduna, we have Ondo State who are also insisting that their state workers and um, get vaccinated. So what is the reason for their great concern? Because we want to believe that they care. So why Sorry. do they insist that we take the vaccine? Why do the government insist that we take the vaccine? Personally, I don't know, but I think I am of the opinion that it could be because they are okay it's the government and it's part of their responsibility to they are duty bound to actually take care of the citizens so they feel that it is their duty to take care of the citizens health and welfare so probably that's why they are insisting but legally speaking legally speaking we know that um, there's no enabling law for them to actually impose for them to compel people to take that i cannot contravene a law that is non-existent so there is no enabling law that gives them that legal backing to be able to compel citizens to take now in as much as the government is duty bound to take care of the welfare of the citizens i as a citizen of the country i'm an adult so you know you cannot compel me to do what i don't want to do i have my rights that is entrenched in the constitution which is the ground norm of the country and because it is the ground norm we are all bound by it so everything that the government is supposed to do is supposed to be subject to the constitution to the provisions of the constitution so the government cannot just wake up one morning and decide that every citizen must take it i'm an adult and um i know as part of the ethics of the medical profession what can what what can amount to medical negligence if if i'm if I'm vaccinated without my without um, my consent, mm. it can actually amount to medical negligence. So we have to look at all these things before we decide to impose. Thank you. All right. And now we have to uh, we have uh, Dr. Solomon Cholom joining us. Uh, Dr. Solomon Cholom joining us via phone from the UK. Good morning, Dr. Solomon. Hello, Dr. Solomon. Can you hear me? Good morning, Good morning to you. Thank you for joining us on the program. All right, um, we're getting news uh, concerning the Omicron variant, uh, especially in Europe. Uh, it says half of Europe could be infected in the next one month. Can you throw some light on that? Uh, it's very alarming for us over here. Yeah, so um, thank you once again for joining me. Um, the situation in Europe is quite alarming. Um, in particular, if you take um, the UK where I am, um, we have been having soaring cases in the past um, um, in three weeks now running and so um, this of course is a cause for concern being that um, the transmissibility of this um, uh, variant is known so a whole lot of people by the day are getting infected but the good thing is that um, they are working essentially with data they are working you know very hard 
to to ensure that information is obtained as much as possible to every person. Hello, Dr. Solomon, are you there? Are, are taking to hopeless the public health to guide um, treatment options. So I think this is one import that um, we need to, you know, leverage on, especially in Nigeria, not not only to just test and, and, and confirm positivity, but to be able to, you know, drive further to find out which variant every positive test, you know, is um, indicative of. Mm. Okay, now we're also hearing that Pfizer CEO has announced uh, Omicron vaccine to be ready in March. Uh, what does this mean that the vaccines we have on ground currently at the moment uh, cannot are not effective against uh, the normal COVID, perhaps the Delta variant or the normal COVID-19? Yeah, so um, even particularly in our lab here, we're able to establish, you know, through verifiable data that... Um, the um, two uh, doses of vaccines, whether it's, five, um, um, whether it's AstraZeneca or Johnson & Johnson, with respect to Omicron, they only give, you know, um, Hello, Dr. Solomon? Oh dear, I think the network has gotten the best of us. But let's get back to you, uh, the doctor in the studio. Now, um, why should we be worried about the Omicron variant? Uh, since it, has it since it came, uh, has it become the dominant variant? Are we witnessing more deaths or are the symptoms worse? Oh dear. Okay, Doctor Solomon. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. The 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 available vaccines at the moment and what you know the necessary protection as it were against um, Omicron and, and and that's why you know the government of, of UK has you know asked for you know a booster dose meaning a third dose and and so um, the producers of these vaccines have realized the limitation in the vaccines in circulation and have gone back to work that's why that timeline has come so um um, basically, science is evidence-based, and I think um, we need to leverage on data that is being generated uh, mm. to guide our response. And I want to commend, you know, um, Pfizer for, you know, accepting the limitation in the vaccines and, you know, going back to the drawing board to, to um, uh, reformulate a more effective one as far mm. as Omicron is concerned. But don't uh, get it mixed up. These, these vaccines have proven to be effective against other variants like Delta and, you know, the previous ones. Mm. Okay, they have been effective against the Delta variant and other previous variants, you're saying. But I was also thinking that um, perhaps, well. you know, when you, see, when you see people take so many doses from the, May, from the first dose to the second dose to the booster dose now, I, I believe this is what is part of uh, forming, what is forming also people's opinion saying that, you know, what, why should they take the vaccine after all? They will still get infected. Yeah, so um, we have let people know that 
um, the virus we are dealing with is, you know, highly evasive in the sense that the mutation rate is very high. So with high rate of uh, mutation, you are bound to come up with, you know, um, uh, forms of the virus that would want to, you know, um, uh, frustrate treatment and I mean, one, one begins to wonder if, as the virus keeps mutating, are we going to keep having, you know, different types of uh, vaccines for the virus as well, uh, doctor? Okay, thank you. Um, the common thing, okay. I'm so sorry about that. All right, go ahead, doctor. Okay. The common thing with most respiratory viruses is the ability to mutate constantly. Okay, go on. Yeah, for instance, you talk about influenza, pro-influenza, among others. You notice there are no vaccines for them. That's because of the very high rate of mutation. So also is the challenge we are going to face with this particular virus called COVID-19, SARS-CoV-2, which belongs to the coronavirus family. They have the ten ten tendency of mutating. One thing with bacteria and microorganisms, including viruses, is that when they multiply, and when they infect human beings, as they multiply and continue their lineages, there will be some mutation and change in their genetic makeup, just like in humans too, okay? So this, is, this will tend to continue. Like for now, we are having like this, like the fourth, one, two, three, this is like the fifth variant we are having from Alpha, Delta, Beta, and now we have Omicron. It's more likely that we'll still have more variants in the future. So the effect of vaccine... The effect of vaccine has its advantage in this aspect. Now, what we aim to target in vaccination is there are certain structural proteins in the viruses, for example, the surface spike, which is the SM, the SM surface antigen, which vaccines are targeted against and other components of the viruses. Now, when these vaccines are produced targeting those parts of the viruses, your body develops a form of immunity already awaiting, which is called with memory, such that when you get other variants, the, 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 the gravity of infection will be quite limited compared to the unvaccinated folks. All right. Mm. All right, Dr. Solomon. Dr. Solomon. Hello, Dr. Cholom. Can you hear me? Hello, Dr. Solomon Cholom. Can you hear me? Oh dear. Well, the network isn't uh, being friendly at this time. I was going to ask him, you know, to compare the way the UK is uh, handling uh, the COVID-19 and what we're doing here. Since he's been working in the lab here, he can see the difference now that he's out there uh, as well. So talking about the Omicron variant, I was asking, um, why should we be worried about the Omicron variant? Since uh, it came out, has, it, uh, has there been more deaths? Has the cases been more severe? Perhaps the symptoms, you know, uh, Sometimes what is happening uh, in the Western part of the world may not necessarily be what is going on here, especially with vaccines. Um, people have felt, you know, why should they shove it down our throats? Our cases are not so serious over here, but we don't know if if it's not so serious or perhaps it's being underreported. I'm not sure. Okay, thank you so much. First of all, for talking about um, surveillance, surveillance is generally poor in this country. Talking about being underreported, yes, it's being underreported. Um based on the number of presenting cases we have. Now, the, the, the issue with Omicron is that it's highly contagious. 
okay? Unlike the first variant, the alpha and the early variant, this Omicron is more contagious, but it's not as deadly as the first variant. What might be responsible for this might be perhaps we've developed some form of immunity, okay, with some memory cells in our body. It's just like a policeman has memory of criminals, okay? When the criminal change at some certain behavior of the criminal, you might be able to pick it out, even if the criminal eventually escapes. So that's how this virus also behaves. So it's actually very contagious, and the the mortality rate, that is the death rate from it, is not as high as the, uh, the early variant, but the contagiousness, the rate at which you can get infected is quite high. So I think the concern about this is because you don't want to lose your manpower in, in the society. For example, if a lot of people in your society or your community is sick, that means there will be reduction in your manpower and the people needed to do certain works. Imagine if a lot of people have to take sick leave from the hospitals or from different um, parastatals of the government institution. So I think we should take it serious and get vaccinated to to prevent uh, more spread. And getting, more vac- getting vaccinated will also help us with our head immunity. Okay, so I was thinking, how long does, after taking this dose, does your immunity come up? The immunity that you are safe for how long? Okay. Now, the the title, calculating the title value of the antibody for immunity against natural immunity and against immunity from vaccination, what I mean is, for example, you got infected with the COVID-19 virus itself and you came out of it, you have you have been you have you have been immunized, okay, but not vaccinated. And if you take the artificial, that is the made vaccination. The immunity, that's why the booster doses are recommended because we are not sure the quantity of antibodies you develop at that point. So it's essential you take your boost uh, booster dose to build up the immune component of your body. So one can stay after the second dose before this uh, Omicron variant. Um, I can't really tell how long you can stay without it because there are so many variants of the viruses around. Hmm. All right. Now, um, efforts by the federal government and private ent- entities insisting that all workers get vaccinated. Uh, is that enough? And will we see the end of uh, the pandemic maybe by 2022? Yes. From your prognosis. Okay, you want me to come again? I said efforts by the federal government and private enti- entities insisting that um, workers should get uh, vaccinated. Uh, is that enough? Okay, thank you so much. That is not enough without personal hygiene. For instance, getting vaccinated against certain variant does not prevent you from being infected with another variant. So the more emphasis should be on personal hygiene, um, your fixed mask with personal protective equipment, and then maintaining certain safe distance from individuals. And when in public gathering, you should ensure to use protective like your face shield and your face mask. This will suffice because um, being vaccinated is also is even advocated that being advocated does not mean you will not come down with the COVID-19 again. So I think emphasis should be based on personal, prote- uh, personal hygiene 
all government prostata should be able to put in hand washing um, materials at the entrance of of the companies. More also, we should place emphasis on our port of entry for the, the airport, um, among others, because this is where these vines are imported into this country when they develop outside the country and exported from Nigeria. Now, why so much emphasis is being placed on vaccination is because when something becomes a global concern, the world comes together to make sure that it does not spread from one region to another. That is why the emphasis on vaccination is so much emphasized on because they feel if you are vaccinated, you have will be able to develop herd immunity and this herd immunity will go a long way in protecting the world. I think that's why emphasis is going more on um, on vaccination. Alright, thank you so much. Now joining us via phone uh, joining us via phone uh, talking about crisis now uh, brewing. Uh, let's hear from you, uh, Mr. Malison Davidson. Uh, you are the spokesperson uh, Irigui Development Association and you did send me a message this morning uh, letting me know that all is well, all is not well uh, in Basa. You said uh, terrorists attacked Ancha village of Miango district, Rigui chiefdom of Basa LGA around 12 midnight scores of people have been killed while several houses have been raised down this is breaking news uh, mr mallison i'm uh, so sorry to have you join us on a sad note again yeah good morning Zoe. good morning good morning mr mallison yeah uh i think uh honestly speaking the nation uh woke up on the left hand side of the bait uh today Particularly, uh, uh, the Fulani terrorists attacked a village uh, called Ancha. And as I speak to you, uh, a lot of casualties have been recorded. Uh, I cannot categorically tell you the number of people that have been killed as of now because we're still compiling. But I can, I can assure you and I can confirm to you that a lot of people have been killed. A lot of people have been killed. Several uh, houses have been burnt down. Uh, prior to these uh, uh, attacks, uh, within uh, December, the month of December and January, the nation have been facing a lot of attacks, uh, ranging from ambushes and uh, attacks by these same uh, Fulani marauders. Uh, precisely, even on Christmas Day, uh, three persons were ambushed on a motorcycle along uh, Oridam called District, and two people were killed instantly while one sustained a gunshot injury. On the eve of New Year, uh, five people were ambushed around Twin Hill. One person was burnt down with uh, a motorcycle and then four sustained gunshot injury. And on the on the 7th of uh, January, one person was ambushed in his farm at a village called Njerenvi. Till date, as I communicate with you, his dead body has not been recovered. We've searched for over two days, and then the only thing we've been able to see in the farm is traces of his blood. Then his motorcycle was also carried away alongside a water pump machine. And this particular uh, village called Ancha, uh, on the tent, that is day before yesterday, this same uh, marauders ambushed uh, a, a man and his wife on their way to the farm. The man was killed instantly 
and the woman sustained a gunshot injury who is currently receiving treatment in an undisclosed hospital. Yet, uh, that is not enough. Uh, that same community uh, has been uh, visited by yet another horrific, terrific and horrendous attack. As I speak to you, the whole nation has been thrown to mourning. Uh, a, a lot of casualties are on, are on ground. I, I'm going to keep you update, updated with uh, uh, the number of casualties, but as I speak to you, it's, it's quite... Uh, well, are any quite security officials or government officials on ground at the moment to assess the situation? Has any reports been made? Yeah, even when the whole thing was happening, security uh, personnel were were intimated and they rushed down to the scene of the attack. Uh, as I speak to you, uh, the DP of Bata local government is already on ground, and uh, men of Operation Safe have also uh, visited the scene. So they are all there. So uh, basically, I mean, uh, Basa and uh, Irigui land right now we can say is a is a is a hotbed for attacks or a hot spot. Uh, so, what is your call or your appeal to the government at the moment? Perhaps more security should be deployed around these areas, also. Uh, I think it's not far-fetched from the calls I have been making, even uh, when I am fortunate to come to your studio. It's still the same thing that I'm going to say. You see, uh, there are there are there are two ways to tackle this whole thing. We should stop being reactive, but rather be, be proactive. And I'm talking about the site of government. Uh, this whole thing is beyond just releasing uh, statements. It's beyond just condemning it, you know, using oral or verbal form. But then the people need to see the action. Like I said, this community was attacked the day before you see That was more of an early warning signal. Uh, something to uh, as well come up again. You know, uh, if something like that happened, what is it that the security personnel or the government are supposed to do? Is to ensure that that place is well cordoned, is well secured, is well protected, so that any attempt by the marauders to infiltrate the community uh, will be stopped. Uh, in fact, the communities, a lot of villages that have been sat in Rigueland, they're still battling. Security agents are nowhere to be found. And so this whole thing is, is very worrisome. And I call on the government to step up their efforts and, and stop being reactive, or rather become proactive uh, to tackling this whole thing, because this whole thing is getting to an extent. People cannot just continue being wiped out as if they're animals, you know. These attacks have been consistent and we are mourning with you. Our hearts are with everybody uh, who is suffering a loss in Irigui land at the moment. But have you been able to identify perhaps the cause of these attacks? Are they reprisal attacks? What is causing these attacks? What is reprisal? You know, most often when I heard people say reprisal, I used to ask, how can reprisal, how can the term reprisal be defined? Uh, has there been any instance that we, we, we attack these people? No. So what is the basis for this whole thing to be called reprisal? They have been attacking the nation 
over a lot of years, and, and then we have never attacked them. So how can this whole thing be, be regarded as reprisal? It's just an attempt to to forcefully take over our ancestral lands. It's a common thing. It's not only happening in Revelation. It's not only happening on the plateau. It's all over. It's all over Nigeria. That is really that there is a common agenda to this whole war that has been declared on innocent people. Thank you so much uh, for your time, Mr. Mallison Davidson, the spokesman for uh, Irigway Development Association. And I uh, will continue to bring you up to speed on the matters going on uh, in Irigway land. We're calling on the government and, of course, security forces to bring an end. And uh, J101.9 FM condemns strongly these barbaric, uh, senseless, and we'll say uncivilized attacks uh, on the people. Uh, thank you so much for your time this morning, Mr. Mallison. Thank you. All right. And uh, we get back uh, to the conversation that we started on. And um, I don't know if you have a word or two uh, for those in Irigui land and uh, the attacks that are going on at the moment. Yeah, we, we sympathize with them. And it's not a good event to see a fellow human being be mutilated and destroyed. It's a very sad event. And I think this boils down to our security um, Operatives, I encourage the government to boost up the security in these areas because it's not right that for more than, if an attack goes on more than 24 hours and persistently for months, it's it's no longer fair. Is a is a is a is a is a downgradement of the society. Like the is a thing that the government should be ashamed of. I really pray that they should know that we are with them and we trust God that God will console them. They will find solace in the Lord. And we also pray that they should remain peaceful and keep guard mm-hmm. while trusting God for protection. All right. Okay. Um, all right. My heart goes out to them and I sympathize with them. Like he said, I just feel the government should be proactive. They should be proactive. They should. Um, the Uruguay land is, it has become more like a hot zone for them. They are trying to forcefully take over their ancestral land. So I think the government should deploy more security personnel there. And they also, on their own part, should be watchful and vigilant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this thank is you. Very sad. This is very sad. Well, our hearts continue to go out and uh, we'll continue to bring you up to date and up to speed with matters. So let's uh, lastly touch on this. Uh, the federal government asking for uh, civil servants to be vaccinated. Some would argue that Nigerians are very stubborn people and the only way you know, to make them do something is by enforcing it. And then, of course, we have not been able to enforce uh, the non-pharmaceutical measures. Perhaps this is the only way to go by putting it in the law. And, you know, the AGF has uh, lent its voice to this and what is your take on it constitutionally is any law being broken for it to be uh, made mandatory for civil servants okay thank you um like i earlier said there is no enabling law in our constitution i don't know of any and i know that there is non-existent law so i can't be seen to contravene a non-existent law so um the government cannot enforce they can't enforce, they can't compel us to take the vaccine. 
because the constitution the constitution does not provide that doesn't empower them to do that all the constitution empowers them to do is to protect the rights and the rights and um welfare of the citizens so they are supposed to protect our rights and in trying to exercise that right they shouldn't infringe infringe upon our own rights the same citizens rights you're trying to protect you now end up um infringing upon it simply because you feel that the citizens are being stubborn yeah, and if the government if the government insists on making it mandatory for civil servants to 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 be vaccinated, I think it will, it will just give credence to to the theories that have been going around. Like I already mentioned earlier, some of them have it that they include some they include some micro microorganisms into the the into the vaccine and it alters your DNA. And then some are arguing that the government for long don't even care about us. These cases of insecurity are incessant, and then so why 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 are the government all of a sudden being so proactive when it comes to this? And they're trying to force us to take it. And then just last last year, I think late December, Guardian newspaper had it, and they captured the director general of NAVDAC as saying that Nigerians will no longer take expired. expired. Can you imagine expired yeah. vaccines again? Mm -hmm. And that was shortly after I got I got vaccinated. So I was like Jesus Christ. So how many should I the one I took was no expired or something and so now that will make somebody who, who somebody people who are who, who have not actually made up their minds to take it will now become more scared yeah. do you get they become yeah they don't, they don't want to take it anymore so nigerians for long we suffered a lot of things from our leaders from our leaders so you cannot just wake up and say that you want to force them yes so i think it, they well, can't later on we'll find out just where we got uh you know this fight wrong when it comes to covid19 and of course the apathy that we see but let's open the phone lines now the number to call is 90 Hello. Hello, good morning. Good morning. What's your name and where are you calling from? Thank you very much. My name is Sadiq Umar. I'm calling from TT and T Junction. Go on. Thank you very much. First of all, I want to condemn the killing in Erdogan, which is very, very unfortunate. And I tend to be and I have to do with the government to do the needful. Actually, this issue of insecurity will offend by now if the state government have bring on new strategies as it was before. Because the people at the localities have supposed to be have authority of security. If they can have able to have a support from the state government, I think they will it should help. Just like, uh, like other states are doing in uh, Borno State and other states, we have seen that. And secondly, the issue of the coronavirus, it is very unfortunate that now we are talking about it. Especially seeing how the federal government have been uh, uh, spending a humongous amount of money. And the federal government have not learned a lesson in terms of uh, developing our health care. But this time when we are talking about vaccination now, we are not supposed to be uh, talking about importing vaccination. We have been making our own local vaccination in, 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 in our own country. And the way the government is politicizing the issue, that what makes the public or the citizens not to trust the, uh, anything about the coronavirus. Because you cannot make it first. You cannot impose it. Then that the, the, the people will be thinking that if uh, uh, government workers are forced to do it, then how can an individual just walk on and just go and do it? So it will be thinking like there is something behind the 
portion of it. But if there is an adequate orientation and giving out information, the need, collaborating with religious leaders, of showing how they need to uh, be uh, vaccinated, I think we'll have a high level of vaccination. Thank but you so much, Sadiq Omar from TTNT. We appreciate your input. Good morning and welcome. Good morning, Zoe. Good morning. You sir, for introduction. Let's talk, Mr. Jude. My sister and guests in the studio, I don't know why the government are so, so uh, anxious to force this thing on people. But they cannot force to stop insecurity in the land. You understand? It's better than coronavirus to kill someone than to someone to just come and take somebody's life like that. I'm telling you, they just start the issue of this insect killing every day. It's more better than for, for us than, than forcing people to take. I'm not saying that taking this vaccination, okay, they have come out to say that there are some that they are products that have that are already expired. What of those that are already taken as the gate say there, if her own is, 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 is a side one, is he not putting her life in danger? Then they stop the insect killing that is happening all over the country. Forget about this thing. The, why they are doing this thing? Because they are getting money from there. That's why they are insisted on, do, uh, on forcing on people. God bless you, my sister. Thank you for your time and your input. Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning, Zoro Machunga, and good morning, the guests in the building. This is Extravagant Malubi, and I'm calling you from Joss. Welcome, my brother, Mr. Malubi. Good to have you. Let's get yes. to your input. Yes, I think um, my heart goes out for the innocent Nigerians that loses their lives and the loved, their loved ones on a daily basis. If you ask me, can we even uh, uh, put reality on ground? How many people has uh, COVID-19 killed in Nigeria? And how many people has this bandit, the kidnappers, the terrorists, the Islamic State of West Africa and all that also killed in Nigeria. What is the, the the number one challenge the Nigerians are going through right now? You see, I just returned from a journey and I had the privilege of uh, traversing through almost four or five states. And then because I am someone who uh, 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 who is always on ground with the people, I tried to sample the opinion of Nigerians or at the local level in regards to insecurity and also this COVID-19. It may shock you, Zoe Machung, and everybody listening to me this morning to know that there are still many Nigerians who don't even believe in the reality of COVID-19. And one of them, as we got talking, said to me, if this COVID-19 actually is, is real, why is it that when the entire globe was locked down and there were uh, palliatives, all over the place, start in various warehouses, and this same government that is forcing us to collect uh, the vaccine, did they, they cleared uh, for us to that extent? Why didn't they give us that those palliatives, those food that we people were dying of? How is it that they now suddenly woke up, loved us so much to the point of forcing us to collect uh, vaccines? Personally, I believe that health is wealth, and wealth is not health. Some people actually who do not value their health in pursuit of wealth lost their health in that pursuit. Unfortunately, as Nigerians, my candidate advice as a drop is that number one, we should value our health. That is very, very uppermost. But the government will should 
build trust. There is what I call trust deficiency syndrome. They have lost it. The greatest uh, mishap or accident for any leader or government is when your people have lost hope in you or lost trust in you. And that is exactly our state. And I want to Thank say that. Thank you for your time, Mr. Malobi. I'm so sorry I have to cut you short. We have to get back to the conversation on facebook.com forward slash JFM Jaws. Elkana Moses is saying this administration of vaccine uh, is to help the immune system to get a good protection over the disease. <coughs> Question is, how many times will people continue taking the vaccine? It's quite unfortunate that FG is asking for enforcement of vaccines in, in states. There is no encouragement from the federal government on this vaccination because I can't imagine uh, this cold season was still coming up with casualties uh is it a political thing and uh haji slim is saying good morning big problem in this country uh is trust we don't trust this government on security education health system roads ncdc are not doing the needful with covid19 enforcement enforcing vaccine on us i wish fg will force development good roads health system industry where we can produce what we want in the country felkuka is saying may god help nigerians nothing works without god uh so Tong says, uh, good morning, people of Plateau. Health issues are of great importance to Nigerians, but vaccines should not be made compulsory in any way. Rather, people should be sensitized on the vaccine. Let the government work with NGOs to sensitize the local masses in our communities. To say the truth, Lassa fever has killed more Nigerians than COVID. Uh, all we want is a better Nigeria for the generations yet unborn. So, Kes Tong. Okay, um, we've heard from a cross-section of Nigerians and how they feel. Uh, concerning uh, mandatory vaccination and of course their call that security should be taken care of as far as they are concerned. COVID is not killing them as fast as security is taking lives uh, daily as we just heard uh, from Malison uh, Davison, the spokesperson uh, from Irigwe land. Um, so what is your take on the mind state of Nigerians? Where did we get the fight against COVID-19 wrong? Okay, thank you for the question. Now, the major fear started when people heard that this vaccine is a DNA vaccine. <clears throat> that's a major fear. They also had that some mRNA that is going to be imputed into your genetic makeup, it's going to alter your body, so I think that's where most of the fear came up from. Another fear came up when this enforcement thing started over thing. They felt, why force me to take something, okay? Some, I've also had some people saying, Maria has been dealing with us for a very long time, we've not had vaccine. COVID came up within a short time, and some people are literate enough to know that it takes a longer time to develop a vaccine than the shorter time it took them to develop COVID-19 vaccine. That's one of the fear. Another one is um, some say, okay, we have Lassa, Ebola, all those things. We, we didn't get vaccine, and, and now COVID came out suddenly. You understand? So the fear of the DNA vaccine should be allayed in people's mind. That was program like this and other subsequent program will be very good to to make them know the essence of this vaccine. Now, there are different ways of making vaccine. We have DNA, mRNA, live attenuated, vector carriage vaccine, all those stuff. Now, this particular one was made, <coughs> excuse me, DNA vaccine because number one, it's easier to make. Number two, uh, it it, pro, it um, provides a stronger immune response to your body. It helps your body build more immunity to them. So I don't think they should be afraid because these genetic materials are not really going to be to alter you or make you a hybrid human being. Okay, it's just that some some part of the virus has been targeted. For example, the S protein, the outside spark protein of the of the virus, and uh, a similar, just like an artificial 
let me put it in a layman word, an artificial form has been produced and sent into your body. So your body recognizes it as though it is a virus but cannot harm you. Then your body will produce immunity against it so that when the real virus comes with similar structure mm. with the dog with the design. Well, no matter yes. what you say, it's, it's, it doesn't seem to be enough to convince Nigerians. Some would even argue that it's because politicians took over the fight against COVID-19 when we saw boss Mustafa giving us updates. Mm. I mean, this just lets us know you know, that does it really a trust deficit, as Mr. Malobi earlier exactly. mentioned? How can we begin to curb this uh, trust deficit? Even though we're asking the president last year, ending acts that Nigerian universities should go into local vaccine production, one wonders that even if that happens, you know, will the people still trust the government of the day? That, that's very true. The program boils down, down to trust, and that is very true because most, not only in Nigeria, some the Western countries, some developed countries, there are so many of them that are also resisting the vaccine. Mm. Okay? It just boils down to them believing at the long run. I just believe with time, people's mind and attitude towards these things will come down. Okay? It happened those days where certain vaccine comes and people run away, but eventually they will all get vaccinated. So it's just a matter of time and keep advocating and, and giving them health education and making them know um, the reason why they should be vaccinated to allay fear from their hearts, then they'll get down with it. Mm. With the rise of Lassa fever, one will say that the, the symptoms with Lassa fever and COVID-19 are almost similar. Exactly. So how can, do, how can one know that this is Lassa fever and this is COVID-19? Yes, thank you. Now, first of all, the incubation period are also quite close. They look alike. They span between three to 21 days, all those things. Yes, the symptoms are very similar, but you need a specialist, a health practitioner, a doctor, to differentiate clearly between those two. And even in the hospital, certain tests need to be carried out. For example, if you have symptoms that looks like malaria, it might be Lassa, it might be malaria, it might be COVID. Okay, just depend on the magnitude. They all look similar. That's why we advise people to present early to the hospital. For instance, if you present early to the hospital, COVID, um, Lassa can, the morbidity will, can be reduced than presenting late. So when you present early, it does you more good than bad. If it's COVID, there's a rapid diagnostic test that can be done. And it's okay, this is not COVID. You do a malaria so test. So basically, yes. if you feel unwell at this time, then in these times, that's why. Yes. You just mm. go for tests. Yes, not go just for tests. Don't assume. People will go for self-care, self-medication self yeah. and all yeah. of that. Okay, some if you want to give a window, okay, some will say, I'm taking anti-malaria. Okay, you mm. take anti-malaria one, two days, you are still mm. down. Something. You should go to the hospital. You understand? Mm -hmm. By this 24 hours, and two hours should be off if it's malaria, okay? All right. Now, NLC has asked federal government uh, FG to persuade not to force civil servants to okay. take COVID-19 uh, vaccination. Uh, that is coming from Ayubawaba FG. Uh, that was, of course, in 2021 was to make COVID-19 vaccination mandatory for civil servants. And who is saying this? The SGF, not the Minister of Health, uh, you know? So <laughs> this is, these are all the issues that uh, we continue to grapple with at this time. Still with our Facebook handle, or oh, let's hear, let's take some more phone calls. Hello, good morning. Hello, good morning, Zoe Machunga. Good morning, Comrade Dadung Antibas. God bless you, my dear sister. Your guests have spoken well. Good morning, Jennifer. Uh, you see, Zoe Machunga, I is so sad, very, very sad, uh, at the condition of uh, uh, Bata today. Uh, very, very careful. You know, you can see what is happening. Do we have the securities or we don't have the securities in this country? 
Do we have the government or we don't have the government? The question is that this government is good in diversion. They are diverting people's attention uh, in terms of uh, uh, COVID-19. As far as I'm concerned, that one is just making a total caricature. As far as I'm concerned. They are, what of, okay, they are imposing COVID-19 vaccine on, uh, on civil servants. What of those who are not civil servants? If really this government is taking care, is caring for Nigerians, is it all Nigerians are COVID, uh, civil servants? Or is it all not civil servants are taking the vaccine? Only, it's only uh, civil servants that are left uh, uh, on taking the, civil, uh, the, the COVID-19? For you to know the high level of impunity of this government. They are not taking care of Nigerians. They have power. I know why they are doing that, because they have power to sack the civil servants. That's, that's where they are, they are coming from. If not, why would they impose COVID-19 vaccine on, on civil servants alone? Thank you so much, Comrade Dadung and Sebas. We appreciate your time. And this is the much we can take uh, on the program this morning. And so um, to you, Barista Juliet. Uh, so if and when, you know, you, you perhaps show up at work one day and you're not allowed in because you cannot show uh, your COVID-19 uh, test, uh, you have a right to. Okay, thank you. Um, okay, first of all, I know that will never happen. Yes, but if it you happens, will happen. it will never happen. <laughs> so it will never happen. They are. Anyway, I don't work for the government, but I, I, like, I, I, I think I've already said it. They don't have a right to do that. But if if that happens, then I will sue. For, for enforcement of my fundamental rights. Yeah. And then because um, their action is not in line with the constitution, then it will be null and void. And then an injunction will be, an injunction order will be given and then it will set aside whatever the whatever oh, action they want so to take. Thank you so much for your yes. time. Uh, that is Dr. Bello Banimo. You are a medical microbiologist and also uh, Dr. Solomon Cholom who joined us via phone from the UK and also Barrister Mamfat Mana Julia. Thank you so much for throwing light on these issues. And uh, Mr. Mallison uh, is just sending news here. He's saying 17 bodies have been recovered thus far. 17 dead bodies and 6 injured. Mm -hmm. uh, we continue to condemn these attacks but we do know that condemn nations are not enough. We continue to call on to the government to bring justice uh, to the people of the land of Plateau. On this note, we say have yourself a fine Wednesday morning. Keep listening. More programs coming your way. I am Zoe Machunga. And I'm Precious Anyuzi. It depends on the day of Bible school. If Bible school not there, person go come up at the job. It's your cap. Take Wolo, take Wolo. I don't go take this nonsense from you this time. Anyway, I go leave that one to your mama to handle. Nonsense. Thank you for listening to JFM Podcast. 